0: This episode of Boob Sweat is brought to you by Mega Babe. If you didn't already know, I founded my personal care brand, Mega Babe, a few years ago to solve real problems with cute solutions. Even though I founded the brand, I am not qualified to do every single job, which is why I hire wonderful people like our customer service wizard, Britt. I've brought Britt on here to help answer a question. Hi, Britt. Hey, Katie. All right, Britt, go ahead. Bonnie said she's a super sweaty girl, and she asked how we
1: can help with sweat that's showing through her clothes.
0: Bonnie, 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 have I got some answers for you. We have several different solutions, starting with our Bust Dust, which is a hands-free way to apply our telc-free powder into your bra. You just literally pump it in there. It was the second product that we launched with. We also have our Dust Puff, which helps making apply powder to your body really easy because It helps with the mess. It also puts the powder on really evenly. Our dust puff is kind of awesome. And if you're not into powder, we actually have a cool product called Magic Powder. I know it says powder in the name, but it's actually a lotion. You apply it in a thin layer and it dries with a powder finish. I put it right under my boobs and sometimes under my butt cheeks. It's awesome. And
1: don't forget, we also have body dust, which is the same great formula as our bust dust, but with a different applicator. So if you're not a fan of the pump, this comes with a sprinkle applicator so you can easily apply it anywhere that you experience sweat throughout the day.
0: Britt, you're right. Body dust, of course, duh. Thank you so much for always knowing more than I do. And for a limited time, I'm offering boob sweat listeners 15% off your order at megababeauty.com with the code boobsweat15 at checkout. Now, on to the pod. Hi, I'm Katie Stirino and this is Boob Sweat. There's a lot of stuff out there that makes us sweat, but don't worry, you're not alone. We're here to talk about it. Today, we're talking about weight, weight gain, weight loss, all the feelings around weight and how to shed some of them. Before getting into this episode, I want to thank Stitch Fix, our partner on today's episode and our first ever partner for Boob Sweat, which is very exciting for me. If you follow me on Instagram, then you already know that I've been working with Stitch Fix for some time. Our Katie's Torino Stitch Fix Fall Collection is out now. Have you tried it? But many of you may not really know what Stitch Fix actually is or how it works. So let's talk about it. Stitch Fix is an online personal styling service Once you sign up, a personal stylist, it's like having your own personal style, like a celebrity personal stylist. They're gonna put together looks for you. That's going to include clothes, shoes, accessories for you to try on at home. You keep the items you love, you send the rest back. In my experience, the styles actually get better each time as your stylist begins to learn your preferences. But what stands out is that every item fits perfectly, which is huge. Stitch Fix has a dedicated fit team with technical designers and they use data science and client feedback to find the best fitting pieces for every client. So if you haven't tried Stitch Fix yet or haven't requested a fix in a while, go to stitchfix.com to get started. And if you like my style, tell your stylist to add some Katie Storino pieces into your fix. Now back to the pod. Ugh. Weight loss, weight gain, this is something that we are hit over the head with a hundred times a day, and I, for one, was very sick of it, and it's part of the reason that I started my blog. Um, It's part of the reason and the way that I was able to accept my body is I just decided to stop fucking talking about weight loss Um, or weight gain. Just weight. I just wanted to transcend the body conversation and stop using all my mental energy to criticize myself and to um, think about what I've eaten and should I have gone to the gym and punish myself and this constant ticker of oh mm, oh like my butt doesn't fit into these pants and uh, this self punishment that we put ourselves through. I wanted to stop it. I wanted to use that mental energy to do cool things and to live my life. Um, And I feel that I've done that very successfully. Now, the trick is, once you've transcended that conversation in your mind about weight and and body image for the most part, um, it's hard to look at yourself and say, hey, I actually do need to lose some weight and I'm doing it by my own choice. I'm doing it because I know that I have symptoms I'm feeling um, with my 70 pound weight gain and it's hard to navigate those waters while being someone who's promoting body positivity, body neutrality, and body acceptance. So I wanted to bring in Nicolette Mason. She's a brand strategist, creative consultant, fashion writer, designer, and fashion blogger. I wanted to bring Nicolette Mason on this podcast because she is the first person that I saw that showed that you can have style at any size. And she also has a very interesting weight loss, weight gain journey experience that I was nervous to ask her about. I was nervous that she wasn't going to want to talk about it, but I just felt like she had so much valuable information. And guess what? I was right. So I remember the first time I started being told to lose weight, I would say I was probably 10 years old Mm -hmm. and I got put, I got handed a sheet of paper and it was like they put me on some calorically restricted diet Mm -hmm. and um, that is the first message I got that my body wasn't right. And then that continues up until you know, six months ago at the doctor. So mm-hmm. it's interesting that at every size that I've been, my body has never been the right size for the medical world. Yeah. Um, which is which is funny.
1: Yeah. Um, same. And I look back at like times in my life, like when I was Fifteen years old, and I was a varsity athlete yeah. in high school, and I was probably like a size ten or twelve. I was also five seven, so like mm-hmm. n- now I look back, and I'm like I wasn't fat. Like I w- I was no. not, and and at the time, like was put on a diet program that was supervised by like dietitians and doctors it was a 500 calorie a day diet oh whoa 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 whoa. yeah yeah which like for a a 15 year old athlete athlete, yeah I was starving and it's like not surprising like around the same time I was diagnosed with clinical depression and I developed severe anxiety and started having panic attacks wow and, and like for whatever reason, like that scene is healthier as long yeah. as you're losing weight. As long as that weight's not there, right? <laughs> so yeah. It's just like really absurd to think about in retrospect, but yeah. What sport like, did you
0: play? I have to ask, sorry. Oh,
1: I um, I was a swimmer. So oh. yeah, I did swimming and uh, water polo.
0: <laughs> I, I'm going to ask you, um, I know that you have fluctuated weight mm-hmm. and I wanted to know, I guess some of the main... There's a couple different sub questions below this, but some of the main things that you have seen change in the way that people treat you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I want to say like, when you first asked me to do a conversation about weight loss, I was yeah. like, no, no, I don't talk about weight loss. Like that's something that's really important to me because like weight fluctuation is so normal yes. and because it happens for so many different reasons. When you But when you said like, oh, I want to talk about like the stigma that comes with weight yeah. loss or gain. I was like, okay, yeah, that's a conversation <laughs> I want to have. Yeah. And I want to like unpack the things around that. Because, yes. Oh, good. Um, okay, great. Yeah. Gr- like, great. I, well, we just, I think it's so interesting how, how people perceive weight loss or gain and, yeah. and weight fluctuation and also how they project based on that. Mm-hmm. And I've definitely had wildly different reactions from people like, like, I, the beginning of my weight fluctuation really happened because I was very sick. Okay. And um, without getting like deep into my medical history, I was like diagnosed with autoimmune diseases and my lifestyle changed like very radically after that. And um, my weight changed following those changes and shifts in my diet and lifestyle and even just like having a diagnosis and being able to... Provide my body with what it needed. I was diagnosed with celiac disease, so I completely cut gluten out of my diet. It meant I couldn't eat any fried foods because of cross contamination. Like naturally, like those changes for some people um, lead to weight loss or gain. So one of the interesting things with celiac disease is that if you're eating things with gluten in them, your body is not absorbing nutrients. It's literally not able to absorb any of like the good. Nutrients and vitamins that you're eating because it's basically flushing your system of any contamination. And so that is a mechanism that both either makes people become very malnourished and lose weight or gain weight.
0: Oh, I did not know that there were two different...
1: Well, it's like the... the Basically, like, the very... Sorry, I'm, like, not a doctor, so I'm trying to (laughs) say it in very layman's terms. But it's kind of like... Malnutrition can either make you retain calories because your body thinks it's starving, or it becomes like so emaciated and malnourished from not having nutrients that like people stop eating and that leads to weight loss. Anyways, without going deep into it, because I'm sure I'll get something wrong also. (laughs) Um I don't want people coming at me about like go talk to a doctor if you think this is an issue your own yeah, yeah. But um, in any case, like following that, and then I I have like a lot of other health issues come up, and I also have struggled with eating disorders for like most of my adult life, like since teenage years. And is that on both
0: ends of the spectrum of eating disorder? With no,
1: mostly um I mostly bulimic, and when I got to a place of like being better, I was like gaining weight again, and uh, <laughs> so. All this to say, like, my weight has fluctuated a lot over the years. Um, And I think, like, a few years ago when I was – sick and got my diagnosis with celiac disease and then that led to other diagnoses for other health issues um it was the first time like my weight fluctuation was being documented on mm-hmm. the internet and that people had
0: access oh. to me
1: and it is that you were
0: writing because you were writing for how did they find how just
1: on instagram people following me and i never
0: talked about
1: it okay. i didn't talk about the stuff that was going on in terms of my health. I felt like that was very much like my own medical history. I didn't feel like I had to share with anybody. I wasn't talking about losing weight either. Yeah. I kind of had like a, this is not a thing I talk about. It's yeah. not a thing I address. You don't know what's going on in my life um, policy about that, but people would point it out all yeah. the time. And there were two reactions that I would have to it either, um, you look great. You yeah. you need to share your tips with us. Like, what oh, are you doing? Okay. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. Like, get diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not really a tip. Yeah. But, and then the other one was, how could you? You're betraying there us. There we go.
0: Um, glad you have hit right on the head of the two reasons I wanted you to yeah, come on this episode. And it's,
1: and it's kind of like both of those. I'm like, uh, I'm like not choosing this, actually. Yeah. I'm not... I I don't engage in intentional weight loss. That's not a pursuit of mine. It's not a goal of mine. But it has been a side effect of just like my life. Yeah. Um. I've also gained weight recently, and and people will comment on that. No. And like, it's just, I just feel like unless you know someone very intimately and they're specifically opening up the conversation, we don't talk about yeah weight. Yeah. Don't comment on other people's bodies and. I mean, I have a friend, a very good friend, who um, a few years ago got very sick, and people were commenting on her weight loss and, "You look so great, you're getting healthy, wow. blah blah blah," and she had cancer. Yeah. And I just like, I know so many women who have similar stories, similar, all, all kinds of people, not just women. Um, Who have stories of, of like, being very sick or having... Depressed. Depressed. um, Having an eating disorder. Having um, substance abuse issues. And people just harp on, like, oh, but you're getting healthy. It's like, that's not healthy.
0: Because thin equals equals healthy in our culture.
1: Right. Yeah. And I think it's so essential to divorce those two concepts. Like, thin is not synonymous with health yeah um fat is not synonymous with unhealth
0: but that is the <laughs> assumption with with it's fat assumption totally. is lazy and if and if you are a person who doesn't eat who smokes a pack of cigarettes a day and you're a size two people are always going to look at you and be like she's so healthy yeah totally yeah yeah
1: um i mean i i i like witnessed that my entire life. And yes. I think for a long time I was like, oh well, like if, if only I was then, like I wouldn't have to deal with that conversation. And maybe they're right. Maybe this is something that I am unhealthy. I deserve to be treated like this. And and I honestly like in terms of I've been like the healthiest I've ever been, quote unquote. Yeah. <laughs> like if we want to talk about like health, yeah. health. Um at the times where I was my heaviest. And, um, like, in terms of being active and yeah. really, like, like I wasn't having health issues. And, and I just, I feel like those two things are not correlated in any way. And also, if someone is unhealthy, they don't deserve to be treated like shit either. No. And, like, yes. there's a lot of health issues. Like, I really, I hear a lot of people say, well, it's okay if you're, or it's okay if you're plus size, as long as you're healthy. And it's like, let's actually like get rid of this moral imperative altogether because not everyone can control their health. There's a lot of chronic illnesses that people have no
0: way to control or stabilize their outcomes. And don't even know that they have a lot of the time. Right. Yeah. Listen, I'm loving this conversation, but before continuing, I want to thank Stitch Fix for partnering with me on this episode. I've been working with Stitch Fix for a while and I pretty much stalk them and their whole team to learn everything I can about what they do because they offer really cool brands and an amazing range of sizes. You know, I'm passionate about size inclusivity and Stitch Fix carries more than 75 brands offering women's sizes zero to 24 and extra small to 3X. Plus they have maternity, petite and kids. I get my nephew Bobby a kid's box every month. It's pretty fun. They've worked with a ton of brands, you know, like Rebecca Minkoff and DL 1961 to create their first ever collections for curvy women exclusive to Stitch Fix. And if something is still missing from the market, Stitch Fix designs their own plus size labels, including my collection, Katie Strino for Stitch Fix. So if you want to rediscover new styles that fit you perfectly without having to step into a fitting room, visit stitchfix.com to test it out. Now back to the pod. I wanted to go back to experiencing the world at different sizes. Mm -hmm. Are there things that you used to have to do and or observe or watch out for that you don't have to do anymore that you are conscious of for other people?
1: Yes. (laughs) Um, I think a lot of just general niceness that I encounter, that was really disheartening for me to see and experience like holding doors for you or just like people just generally being more courteous wow um and uh i i found that like is especially so because i don't know i want to be really sensitive about the way that i phrase this but um the more access I had to being able to dress myself in a way that presented yeah. nicer mm. or what people perceive as nicer yeah. um, and more normative and um, less confrontational, yeah, um, having a body that was maybe less confrontational, people were a lot nicer to me and it made me really, really sad and it makes me really aware of the way people who are bigger than me are treated. Um, people who do not have privilege of light skin are treated. Um, it's made me incredibly aware of the discrepancies and just being able to go through your day and people not treating you like complete shit. And, and, uh, I mean, they still do in some settings, but like overall throughout my day, I experience far fewer microaggressions. And like for people who have never been heavier, yeah. um, they kind of like can't believe that. <laughs> they can't yeah. believe that. Like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean people don't hold the door for you or don't ask how you are, or aren't polite to you? It's like, there's this kind of there's um, a writer who goes by your fat friend, who's an anonymous oh, writer. Oh yes, yeah. I don't know if you know her. her I work, do, but she's yes. amazing. I read every single thing that she writes, but she's written a little bit about the hyper visibility and invisibility of being a fat person, and of being someone who, at her size now, she's a size twenty six, and she's also been a size thirty, yeah. and how people can both completely dismiss that you're even there and disregard that you're present and also, like, heckle you on the street. And, yeah. And, um, you know, that's something that I think a lot of people take for granted when it doesn't happen to them. Yeah. Um, And something that I've seen, like, both sides of. And I'm still fat. Like, I'm still a plus-size well, person. Isn't that, <laughs> that is,
0: like – that's the other part of it. Like, I – so totally transparently, I've put on, uh, like – 70 pounds mm-hmm. since I got divorced yeah and I looking there's a couple different things looking back at my body at mm-hmm. that time I thought I I was struggling so hard I was beating myself up try, like what you should have gone to the gym today you shouldn't have eaten this right. like if you were let if you weigh less this would be easier for you this kind of stuff all the time never good enough now after I got divorced Um, I started to accept my body and that changed everything. I'm much happier. Mm -hmm. I love looking in the mirror. I'm not, I'm not, I'm I'm very, I'm, I've always been comfortable in a swimsuit, but I'm like, I really, you know what I mean? You thrive in a swimsuit. I do. I do. I, I used to mow the lawn in a swimsuit. Um, anyway, basically, um, I have been to like, I do experience like, joint pain. I have, I have experienced like things that hurt in my body Mm -hmm. that I'm not sure that they uh, basically for my health, I do think I need to lose some weight Mm -hmm. to take that pressure off of some like parts of my body. And that has come from doctors and that has just more come from my own feelings Mm -hmm. of like sluggishness and stuff. And there I'm always in and out of like exercising, being in shape, like feeling good. I know that I'm not, like feeling good right now in Mm -hmm. terms of like I really lose my breath up the stairs and I've been trying to try to get back to a place where I feel physically fit. Mm -hmm. Now, anytime I am trying to like lose weight Mm -hmm. basically – People I get comments from people being like, Hey, did you lose weight? You look great, which makes me mad.
1: Yeah. It's infuriating. It's
0: infuriating. And I'm like, don't don't talk to me. That's not what yeah. we're doing here. I never yeah. talk about weight loss on here. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't talk about it. I'm not, this is not what it is. But I feel like I don't know how to address the idea of trying to be healthier for me in a conversation with people where it doesn't make them feel alienated or bring out diet culture. Mm-hmm. That's, that's like, that's one of the challenges I have. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think that really is the challenge because diet culture is so toxic. It's everywhere. And it's so pervasive. Yeah. And... Which is part
0: of the reason I feel like I can't yeah. even talk about this because I'm like, you're getting enough of this everywhere.
1: Well, like, is it something that you feel like you have to talk about? No. Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. Here we go.
1: Oh, oh, right. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I think for me personally, yeah. yeah, like I, I just take the policy of like, I don't talk about weight yeah. loss. Like... What I am going through in terms of my own body or my yeah. health is, for me, it's mine. Um, that's, like, a prerogative that you can take, and you should feel empowered taking. I, I think, like, the way that I have dealt with some of those comments about yeah. weight loss and weight fluctuation is just, like, hey, like, weight change is a normal part of life. Yeah. I don't talk about weight loss being the aspiration. No. Um, like, this is normal. Like, people will lose weight weight and gain weight throughout their lives for a lot of different reasons. And that's okay. That's
0: it's kind of, yeah. yeah, it's kind of like I, I look, I looking back, I love myself size 12 body, my size 14 body, my size 16 body. Mm-hmm. I love my 18, 20 body. Like I'm, yeah, like I'm, you feel good. I feel good. Yeah. Back in that swimsuit. I feel good. Yeah. But it's, it really truly starts to feel like a health thing. And then I have been confronted by friends and family who mm-hmm. are like, who have watched me gain weight and, truly cannot process it. I mean. Which which makes me just, feel so alone. It's and, so hard. It's yes. so isolating.
1: Yes. And like I've totally been there. It's really when like the so many people, the idea of being okay with your body yeah. um, when it's bigger. Oh, is it's mind-blowing. Completely foreign to no. them. It's like what do you mean?
0: They're like you lose the weight when you're ready. I'm yeah. like what?
1: Like what if I'm. I'm good. Yeah. What good if we're good here? here? Yeah. It's not an
0: option for the outside to mm-hmm. be good here.
1: Yeah. And I think like that's something I remind myself yeah. constantly, even in terms of like fashion and like, oh, why aren't these clothes available in my size? It's like, oh right, because the majority of people have been trained to hate their bodies and can't right. even consider the option that like they deserve to feel good or they deserve to wear the, the same clothes or have access to designers and things yeah. like that. Like, no, you're, you're not allowed to, like this is your punishment for having this body and being okay with it or not being okay with it. You're not allowed to be okay with it. No, so,
0: no. Yeah. Like, and, and then that's it. And then we go down to quote unquote straight size people who are 10, eight, six. And all I do is watch them struggle to Mm -hmm. be thin because it's like that six wants to be a four and that four won't stop till she's a zero. And it's it's I think people think if they reach a certain size, it's not what I'm trying to say is there's no destination. No, it's just it's mental. It's all mental away. Yes. Smaller, smaller, smaller. Yes.
1: That's, yeah, there was like a meme that was going around for a while, or not a meme, just like one of those things that gets reposted a million times, and (laughs) it was like, you um, are on this earth to do more than lose weight and pay bills, Yes, and... That's it. Like, it's so true. That's that. (laughs) There's
0: an Onion article from, like, 15 years ago, and it's like, women, why don't they just lose some weight? Because it's, like, (laughs) all, that's all, yeah, Yeah. it's all anyone is talking about is can women just, like, lose weight? Now, I wanted to, I wanted to shift to the fact that I, I had put on weight and, like, was, like, getting to know my new body, and then I was pushed out into the dating pool after getting a divorce. Is there... Um what is the what is your experience in the queer community mm. um, with dating and body?
1: Yeah, it's really, Interesting. I talk about this a lot among some of my friends who also are plus size or curvy or whatever. There's kind of this presumption that, like, lesbians in particular are are more okay with, like, women's bodies being at any size. Um, That's the presumption. But, like, my experience in L.A. and in very much so in L.A. and in New York is that, like, queer people are just as fatphobic as everyone else.
0: And... I had the assumption. I'll yeah. just say that out loud. I had yeah. the assumption.
1: Yeah, I think, like, it, it's an interesting thing, but I've had some friends who have talked about how, like, their partners will compare their bodies to theirs and how that's a really oh difficult experience. Or I have one friend who um, is kind of, like, a similar body type to me and has um, a thin partner, and her partner would say, like, oh, I, like, feel so much more comfortable around you because – you're larger. And like, that's also (laughs) fact. So, um, you know, like, and in, in some of my like early dating experiences and stuff, like it was always a red flag to me when, um, people I was dating kind of like saw me as an exception. Um, and so like, that's, that's a really weird thing so basically like I don't think it's any better or worse being queer or um thank you for this
0: perspective this is very good for me to know yeah
1: (laughs) yeah so I mean like so many of my straight friends are like oh I wish I was just gay and like it would be easier to date I'm like no
0: it wouldn't no (laughs) apparently no it's not
1: okay great
0: I think one of the most heartbreaking things about my conversation with Nicolette was just when she identified how people were not nice to her and how people were, were rude to her on a daily basis and the invisibility and the hyper visibility of being um, considered fat. Uh, and also, just that word "fat." It's so interesting, like the associations we have with it. It's something that honestly I still struggle with. When when people try to take ownership of the word and say, "Oh, I'm fat," I still, um, I'm still like, "What? No, you're not." Like that. That is still my instinct. So, weight loss is introduced to us at such a young age, and the conversation about it. I mean, we see it from our parents who are like, Oh, I've got to lose some weight to like, I don't know. I mean, I, I, people started telling me to lose weight almost out of kindergarten. I remember going to my aunt's house and I could eat a hamburger, but I had to like walk twice around the block because I needed to make sure I wasn't going home to my, my parents house fat. Like it was, it was just this conversation around food intake and weight that, um, that has just it shapes you so early and I don't know if we are all aware about the way that we talk about our bodies and the way that that impacts the generation below us and I think if we can all start to be our own individual inspiration for for people in our lives by kind of like avoiding that weight talk or and avoiding that body talk not because um it doesn't exist, but maybe just reframing it in a way that is just much more mm, health-based and less about like, I need to be thin because that's the only thing to be. My point is that just stop talking about weight. Stop talking about your own issues with weight and other people's issues with weight. And isn't that the first thing we say about people when you look at them you say, oh, You know, she got fat, she lost weight. Like we're constantly talking about people's bodies and let's just stop. Let's stop it. Let's refocus on things that are more productive, more positive. And I promise that like the weight conversation, it just doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Because if someone wants to lose weight, they're gonna lose weight. If they don't wanna lose weight, they're not gonna lose weight. And Honestly, it's okay to be happy where you are. I'm happy at my 1820. I promise you that I'm happy at my 1820. I have physical side effects that I don't like right now. And it's not a fat roll. It's like my <laughs> I can't get into a cab. My knees hurt. Like I'm out of shape. Like That's not because I don't like the way I look in jeans. These are just physical things that I personally am feeling in my own body that I want to take care of. And maybe I'll be able to, and maybe I won't. But either way, you're not going to hear about it from me. But just know that I'm here to support you in whatever you're going through. And I think we should think about the way we talk about bodies because most of the time it's just a reflection about how we feel about ourselves, right? Like if we're hyper-focused on someone else's body, it's because we're hyper-focused on our own bodies. Ultimately, I want you to land in a place where you are neutral about your body. That's that's my goal for you. I just want you to look in the mirror and like not tear yourself down, not talk about, oh, I'll lose weight when this happens or as soon as I lose the weight, I'll go on this trip or I'll buy that because... That's my reward for losing weight. I, I don't want us to think about it like that. Weight is something that is so personal, but I, I want to remove some of the like life stigma around weight loss and weight gain and just focus on living life. I'm so happy we had Nicolette Mason on the podcast today. You can follow her on Instagram at Nicolette Mason. She's a great follow. She's got great style and she does really cool things. Thanks for listening to this episode of Boob Sweat. You can follow me on Instagram at at Katie or at Megababe. If you want to talk about something we've covered today in more detail, come join our Facebook group and keep the conversation going. Don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts because that shit is important. Thanks again for listening. This podcast is over.